Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is These Walls Again. Arthen, my bad. Honey, I hope you guys are having a lovely Monday. It's cold as hell here. It's really cold. Um, I mean, I wasn't cold. Cold, I was warm today in the clothes I was wearing. But let me tell you something. The crowd must have got my letters or listened to my podcast because the last episode I saw the crown is about the Romanoffs. Y'all know how I feel about the Romanoffs, okay? I come on here, I have lies about the Romanoffs. I had a whole podcast this summer about the Romanoffs. Um, Honey, I was supposed to stop. In episode five, which was about, you know, Prince Charles and Camilla's conversation on the phone about him wanting to be her temple. Tell y'all they did an episode about Dodie Fayette, honey. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. So y'all know I'm going to continue um, talking about song lyrics and controversial songs and controversial things happening behind the song, the music video, or anything that has to do with it. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Blurred Lines and I'm going to figure out how to say her name, but her name, the model, um, Emily Ratajkowski. She claimed that she felt, um, violated. On a video shoot at Blurring Lines, and it was crazy because everybody, you know, was saying, you know, the song was kind of uh sexual assault-ish, you know, it had some sexual harassment undertones to it. Um, so we're gonna talk about the two um controversies surrounding Blurred Lines. One is sound like Marvin Gaye. Got in it, gotta get it, get it up. I know the song. I heard the song before. I think the song was in my head this morning. You know, they were saying that. Okay. So, hope you guys are having a lovely day. The song by Real Weather just came in my head. When I look at you. But anyway, I'm just giving, I mean, it's just, uh, let me tell y'all something about this whole thing. First but first and foremost, I have a few things I want to talk about that is happening. Um, 
nobody told me I'm gonna be honest with you. Let me be straight up honest with you. I know y'all know that I am like I'm into conspiracy theories and can be somewhat of a conspiracy theorist, but I know when somebody is BSing me, somebody's bullshitting me and lying about what's going on. Um so um Y'all know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I did not know. Don't say I'm being disrespectful to hip hop. Okay. I watch documentaries. I have watched documentaries and I have watched um stories about hip hop for a very long time. Okay. All right. Don't get mad at me if I didn't know who Jay Prince was. There's a lot of people who are walking around here with the name Prince or Jay Prince or um the Prince. You know, whoever. It's a lot of princes around here. But I don't understand the connection to what happened to take off, okay? So all y'all who are out here connecting dots, understand that I am that one weirdo who does not understand the connections between the dots. I'm not trying to be funny or nothing like that, but to me... It is kind of like a, I don't know. I was watching um, a YouTuber. I was watching Sean Davyway, and he was talking about the whole situation. First and foremost, I did not know a YouTuber. What's her name? Uh, XOXO uh, Gossip Girl was talking to uh, Pierre Thomas P, a quality control mother. Um, I'm gonna say allegedly. I don't think that she lied about me and his uh, mother, though. But she was talking to Pierre's mama. And Pierre's mama basically said, you know, was, was, was staying, staying what she felt. And, and, and how she felt about what had happened to Offset. And I Offset take off. Um, so... It looks like 2023 is going to be full of stories. Um, here at these walls of the end, we believe what you do in the dark will come to light. Um, so I don't know the whole story. I'm still trying to figure out what Jay Prince had to do with it or what Jay Prince's son had to do with it. <sighs> Jay Prince is loaded. That's all I have to say. The fact that you have your own island speaks to itself that you're loaded. Okay? You have money, sir. He has his own island, honey. So, I mean, you know, he's a pretty powerful figure. But I don't know anything about it. And I'm going to be kind of honest with you. When I found out that Takeoff had passed away, I really didn't want to hear anything. I didn't want to hear no conspiracy theories, theories dealing with the situation. I didn't want to hear about what anybody had to say. Because I could not believe that was happening. I, my feelings were hurt. I couldn't. That's what I was saying. When I was like on my live, I was kept saying, my, I kept saying, you know, my feelings are hurt. And I just wanted to be in that moment um, to mourn him. Before we get all deep and go into conspiracy theories. But now, um, 
I say we ain't gonna talk about this year. I ain't gonna talk about this year. I'm gonna do my research on Jay Prince and what the streets are saying about Jay Prince. And then I'm gonna draw my own conclusion. Y'all know I have my own theories about stuff. So don't trust and believe. You know, if I feel like somebody is bullshitting um, the bullshitter, I will bring that out. Um, But I mean, Jay Prince is legendary. He's on some legendary shit, okay? But that's what I saw what was going on today. I have a few articles. Yes, I do have a few articles I'm going to talk about. Oh, I guess I didn't save them to my save on Instagram. So we gonna talk about my ones that are saved um, to my tablet. I'm gonna talk about those, and then we gonna go and we gonna talk about blurred lines and all the, the, the I don't know. I should call it the curse of blurred lines, honey. I mean, you know, stuff that and stole Marvin Gaye song and added some new words, and then y'all over here being nasty and stuff, <sighs> honey. It's on my phone. <laughs> it's on my P H O N phone. Okay, let's get straight with this, okay? But I hope you guys are having a lovely day. I am in the ninth ending stretch. I'm at the top of the ninth ending stretch. We're trying to get to the bottom. I at least know some of my baseball, okay? bite me um so i talked about on my live about the the airplane show plane crash that happened in dallas texas and i kind of hint to i feel some kind of way that something was off and something was not right and i told y'all on my live go to my live it was the um still thin at the show and basically on the live i basically implied that um Something wasn't right. And something, I mean, it's just something just fishy, all right? It smells quite fishy over here. So, um, apparently, I was right. So, I found this article on NBC News, and it says, The old aircraft in Dallas air collision lacked black boxes. Yes, you heard me correctly. The aircraft in the uh, collision that happened this weekend in Texas, Dallas, Texas, lacked black boxes. And here we go with the bull of it all. Okay. Here we go with the fuckery. I said it on my live yesterday. I said something don't smell right. Okay. Texas is the same place y'all had that weird stuff that happened, except for it was in Houston, but it was still in Texas. Same state, different city. With the Astro World bullshit. Now six people done died in this plane crash, 
and there was no black boxes that recorded what happened. And this is not from a conspiracy theory website. This is from NBC News. Okay? So also, once again, bite me. show you I don't mind sending you the link to this okay something else that stood out to me I always save articles that I find um we had at all just little memories of you know my two weekends so another thing that happened I saved this article um I say this article I saved this article before my weekend uh, my my night with the king <laughs> yes, I'm gonna be stupid and say something like that. Um, but I, I saved this article before I went partying, and then after that, it was just a big blur, and I don't remember what happened in between those nights. Uh, no, I'm joking. I remember what happened, um, and I didn't drink at the club, so yeah. So I thought this was interesting that King Charles, what King Charles has to say, I'm going to tell y'all this. I better not have class on the day. Well, I think it's on a Saturday, so I ain't going to have no class, but I'm going to be at home anyway because, I mean, all my classes are online this year, next semester. So King Charles said he will have to rein in the Duchess who is going rogue, says a royal expert. When I saw that, I was like, you better not be sitting up here talking about Miss Markle. You better not be talking about Queen Markle. I'm going to read this for you, okay? So apparently, according to the article, and the article is from msn.com. See, all of these legit, they ain't no weird websites. So don't try it, okay? He feel some kind of way about Fergie. Uh, not from the Black Eyed Peas. Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York. Or the former Duchess of York. He feels some ways about her on the internet with the corgis that Queen Elizabeth left her. You know, she's all over the internet and cuddling up with the Queen Elizabeth corgis. You know, Queen Elizabeth is notorious for having a house full of corgis, okay? And I remember I was watching an interview. Somebody had saved the interview from her when she was alive. And she was talking about the corgis. She had, she, she owned the mama and the children, okay? He feels some kind of way about Sarah Ferguson um, on social media with the corgis. And he feels like he has to rein her in, you know. He's always cleaning up Prince Andrew's messes. 
which my thing is, I'm like, who is he to judge? I mean, somebody had to clean his mess with Camilla, honey. And I just saw that episode about that. Told you about that. Um, That's all season five, honey. They talk about his mess. The one thing that confused me was the episode where Andrew was crying about Sarah. Uh, Y'all going to really make it seem like a pedophile is pitiful uh, with his wife cheating on him? I, I can never stomach and I can never put in my mind and in my head to feel sorry for Andrew about nothing. I don't care if his wife did cheat on him. You're a whole pedophile, sir. I just can't. I felt I thought it was weird they put that in the episode on the show. And then I realized that they say in the show that it's a dramatization of the royal family. So they say. Mm. I thought that was very interesting, though. I was like, I saw that article. I was like, no. Nah. But he feels some kind of way about her rolling around with the corgis. Like, don't you think your mama mad that you sold them houses? Yes, honey. Charles sold Queen Elizabeth horses. I was like, no, he didn't. I'll be doing a whole. Uh, I'm gonna be doing a live on about the royals. Um, I'll probably either tomorrow or Thursday, a day I have off. Cause this week is really grinding my gears. Like I ain't ever, 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 ever. It's always hard to go to class, especially when you're somebody like me. And I know I ain't the only one that has to travel like that. I know there's some people who have a 100% attendance and they do the same thing I do, which is catch a train, catch a bus, catch a Uber. So there's no excuse. It's just, it's trying. And it's always trying the last two weeks. And it's the last two weeks when you, like, especially if your grades are not what you want them to be. I wish they were all A's. Um... They could have been all A's, but I haven't been to school in a minute. Technically, last time I was enrolled in school was like before the pandemic, low-key. And it was nail school, and nail school was not hard for me because I was learning how to do nails. So, yeah. Um, but it's just trying, it's always trying to last two weeks, honey. And then they, oh no, then today at school, they brought, honey, they had some, uh, fried chicken plates. The chicken was good, but it was cold, but the chicken was good. The fried chicken was good. I have tasted that type of, however they made it, I have tasted that, that, that way that chicken tastes before. I don't know if that's how they season chicken in Atlanta. I didn't grow up eating fried chicken. My great-grandmother never fried chicken she always boiled so um but it, i tasted that type of chicken and it was very delicious i've never ate the chicken off the bone like that before i did today um so yeah i sit up there and then segue into some personal stuff um so today we're going to be talking about blurred line and the controversy around blurred line but before we get into that here's a word from our sponsor I'm back. 
I don't know why right now I've been talking in like an ASMR voice, but I don't know. Y'all know I'm usually loud and obnoxious and I always give my opinion. Um, so today we are going to talk about blurred lines. I know you want it. Let me give you an idea of how I feel about um, Robin Thicke real quick. I'll be straight up honest to you how I feel. If you don't agree, that's fine. I don't care. I don't give a damn. Um, But y'all have an issue with us being in country. So I have an issue with you being in R&B. Since we're going to be like that, you know, shit. So, I feel like Robin Thicke was part of the mass production of Blue-Eyed Souls that was supposed to take over R&B, okay? That happened in 2010. Let me give you an idea what was going on before 2010. Before 2010, the kings kings of R&B and the, and the big ones of R&B um, were Usher, Chris Brown, Trey Songs, Neo. Um, and I can say, because these are my kings, Mario and Mr. Granberry. You don't know who Mr. Granberry is? Omorion. Okay? Then all of a sudden, things start coming out about these brothers, okay? I don't know how many gay rumors y'all don't put out there. Everybody gay, okay? Y'all say everybody gay just because they prettier than the thing you sleeping with. So during that time, which was 2010, called the in-between period, there was a slew of white boys that decided to take over R&B. And they were white boys of privilege. Robin Thicke, who's the son of Alan Thicke, and Justin Timberlake's white ass. Is it a coincidence that in 2010, we decided to introduce these two white fellows into R&B and forget about the kings of R&B? I mean, before 2010, Let's be straight up honest. What happened to Chris Brown? Okay. Then Amorion got ruined by Raz's big ass mouth. But granted, Raz didn't put out the damn uh, videos. We can discuss that later in another podcast. But I found out that Raz did not put those videos out. Okay. Raz was talking on them, but he did not upload them videos exposing his cousin. But y'all twisted the way y'all wanted to and thought he was coming out and saying that B2K was gay. That's not what he meant. I'm pretty sure that's not what he meant. So Robin Thicke took advantage of y'all being homophobic. Okay. That's why people don't be coming out the closet because y'all don't like y'all R&B singers gay. So sit back and relax and get you some drinks and snacks. I'm going to talk about the atrocity of Robin Thicke and the atrocity of the fact that Pharrell decided to work with white boys.
Yeah, for real, you part of the problem, friend. I call you for real because you ain't the truth. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my favorite line in this song. What is going Freddy? He's like, I call you for real because you the truth. Nah. He lost me. Sorry for real. You ain't the truth no more. Love your beats, though. Um, so we're gonna talk about Robin Thicke's song Blurred Lines, which was loosely based. Um, was loosely, it wasn't loosely, it was straightforward. Exactly produced. It's like that bullshit ass change. Ice Ice Baby had, and you're going to tell me it was not under pressure by the police. He's like, it's a slight change. It's still the same beat, fool. You took a Marvin Gaye song beat and tried to make a new song and got sued. We're going to talk about it, girl. Okay. Do I feel like reading this? Yeah, I want to give commentary during why my uh, AI reads. I have gotten that lazy. I'm emotionally, I'm emotionally, um, I'm exhausted. Let me tell you why. It's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a whole lot going on, okay? I've gone through two different emotions in like 24 hours within a week. And so I'm not okay with that. So, I'm going to let my AI read it, and I'm going to give my commentary in between it. All of Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines drama through the years, copyright claims, bans, and more. By Meredith Nardino. October 4th, 2021. Robin Thicke at the Fox TCA Winter Press Tour All-Star Party at the Langham hey, in Los nobody Angeles cares. on January 7th, nobody cares. 2020. Nobody cares where he's Scott at. Scott Kirkland. Nobody cares where he's at. Group slash, oh, one on the charts, but not in fans' hearts. Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams created a radio hit with 2013's Blurred Lines, a song that has continued to drum up controversy years later. Blurred Lines was the lead single from Thicke's 2013 record of the same name and spent 12 consecutive weeks at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Let's be exclusive. We've got all the content you're looking for. Hold on. At yeah, Us Weekly done kicked me out. Girl! I just got the article today! I see what y'all doing. Okay. You big news companies. I'm going to be straight up. Y'all ain't making money at sales and paper. I know that. You know that. We all know that. Okay. But this right here. Got to stop. Okay. I let my little AI friend Becky read and you sit over here telling her she can't read i'm sick of y'all look i had no plans on being loud today okay i was watching some stuff dealing with the royals 
So I'm going to look at these two articles right here. This one is from The Guardian. Blurred Lines, the most controversial song of the decade. Another student union has banned Robin Thicke's party track. How did it become such a lightning rod for moral outrage and censorship? Causing indignation, Miley Cyrus and Robin Thicke perform on stage at the 2013 MTV Video Music Awards. Photograph, Nielsen Barnard slash Getty Images for MTV. Dorian Linsky. Wednesday, November 13, 2013, 14.32 EST. This week, University College London Student Union, UCLU, took the unusual step of banning a single song, Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines. It joins around 20 other UK student unions to do so. This is the latest development in the story of how the biggest song of the year became the most controversial of the day. Let me stop right here. All right. So word on street is, is that Mario is going to be in Miami at the club, right? Him and Bow Wow and him. All right. Who fly me out? Okay, now we can continue with this. The decade, an unprecedented achievement, though not one that fills thick with pride. It seems impossible that anyone with the faintest interest in popular culture could have missed either the song or the controversy, but here is a recap. At the end of March, mid-table R&B singer Thicke, along with producer Pharrell Williams and rapper T.I., released Blurred Lines, a libidinous R&B party jam about a woman in a nightclub who may or not be interested in him. In April, one blogger branded it a rape song. As he let me say it, and that's what they said. It branded it a rape song. You know, everybody has been in the club and some creepy dude, for me, is Marta, okay? Or, you know, it just happens, okay? Everybody has been in a situation where a creepy dude walks up to you, whether it's in a club, Marta, grocery store. He comes up to you and he swear up and down, you want it. I know you want it, you. You ain't no virgin, are you? Yes, I'm a nun. <laughs> For you, I'm a nun. Yes, I gave my life to Christ. Thank you, Lord. And so they're implying that this song does have that tone. And the truth is, it does. I mean, when I heard when I heard the words, I know you want it, I was like, ugh, what's what you into? Let's continue. Song, and two months later, Trisha Romano of the Daily Beast described it as rapey, a word that caught fire in other media outlets. The song might have escaped censure if the video, in which the three male performers goof around with scantily clad, and, in one version, topless, models, had not generated its own separate yet overlapping controversy. Throughout the summer, as the song eclipsed even Daft Punk's Get Lucky as the biggest hit of 2013, debate about its sexual politics heated up. In September, contributors to Project Unbreakable, a photographic project dedicated to rape survivors, held up placards comparing words spoken by their attackers to lines from the song. Also in September, 
Edinburgh University Students Association, EUSA, became the first student body to ban blurred lines. Ain't that something? And see, the, the outrage started with this, okay? It started with this. Sorry, when people heard the song, and they were like, ew, I heard this before. Where did I hear it? They got that creepy dude that's always in a club with us. Ew. It promotes a very worrying attitude towards sex and consent, explained Kirsty Hay, EUSA's Vice President of Services. This is about ensuring that everyone is fully aware that you need enthusiastic consent before sex. The song says, you know you want it. Well, you can't know they want it unless they tell you they want it. By that point, Thick's hit was part of a bigger debate about the messages of pop lyrics and videos. Miley Cyrus's performance at the Video Music Awards in August, during which Thick popped up like, Didn't we talk about this? You know, she had one of the controversial songs of 2013 too. Can I ask a question? What was in the 2013 water? Miley Cyrus being a wrecking ball and Miley Cyrus, you know, singing about popping, you know, snorting cocaine and stuff and, and you can't stop and you won't stop and all that. I was a young adult then. Who knew? Who knew? Let's talk about the weird stuff they did at the VMA performance, though. Like some kind of sex pest Z-Leg, ignited another firestorm of indignation on several fronts. Recently, Netmums published a survey claiming that 80% of parents had found their children copying explicit lyrics or dance movies from music videos, while Annie Lennox called for videos to be regulated in the same way as movies. I'm all for freedom of expression, she began ominously, but this is clearly one step beyond, and it's clearly into the realm of porn. How do you stop your kids being exposed to it? This is Miss Sweet Dreams are made of these. Annie Lennox. What you, no, I don't think you were on the list that Tipper Gore had back in the 80s. But it's so weird how some like the legendary artists, they get older and they start saying, yeah, that's pornographic and that's wrong and stuff like this. But they don't want to talk about how creepy sweet dreams are made of this video is. That music video is weird. Everything in the 80s is weird. I think that's why I like 80s movies because it was unapologetically weird. It was genuine weirdness. It wasn't trying to be weird and think you're being weird and you're actually being like everybody else, which is basic. Let's continue. Oh Lord. what I just do? Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Okay, here we go. It? This week, a tipping point has been reached. Lily Allen launched the video to her comeback single, Heart Out Here, which takes aim at music industry sexism with specific reference to the Blurred Lines video. And three women's organizations launched the Rewind and Reframe campaign with a four-pronged strategy, 
to enable young women to air their grievances about music videos, to campaign for age ratings on videos, to encourage compulsory sex and relationship education in schools, and to pressure the music industry to get its house in order. In music videos across the board, there's widespread racism and sexism, specifically the sexualization of black and ethnic minority women, says Liao Latchford of Rewind and Reframe. Young women have told us that it has a real impact on their day-to-day -day lives. They're tired of messages that depict women as highly sexualized passive sex objects. This all goes to show you that, you know, back in the day when I was younger, I did want to be Melissa Ford. So they have a point and there is a sexualization of black and ethnic minority women. Nobody wants to talk about that. When black women complain about it, when the sisters at Spelman complain about Nellie's tip drill, I totally forgot about Nellie's tip drill. <sighs> but you know what? That will be part of my controversial video podcast. Okay. We can talk about controversial videos later. Um, but you know, y'all remember Trip Drill back in the day, the sisters at Spelman, they, they did not like the, the, um, the, the, the exportation of the black women in the music video. I mean, the girl was twerking and Nelly slid a credit card down her butt crack. Nobody was listening back then, but 10 years later, 2013, now y'all want to bring it up. Well, y'all sexualize black and ethnic women too much. In blurred lines, that was all white women. Objects. Getting rid of one song won't solve the problem. It's a culture of racism and sexism that we need to change. Demonstrators on a slot walk march in Chicago in September are in no doubt about blurred lines. The last time pop music inspired such snowballing outrage was during the rise of the Parents Music Resource Center, PMRC. See, it always come full circle in the end. PMRC. Established in 1985 by Tipper Gore, wife of Al, after she found her daughter listening to Prince's sexually graphic darling Nikki, the PMRC successfully campaigned to slap stickers reading parental advisory, explicit lyrics on offending albums. The ensuing climate of censorship reached a peak in 1992, when rapper Ice-T's rock band Body Count buckled to huge political pressure and deleted their song Cop Killer. They pointedly replaced it on the album with a new song called Freedom of Speech. But, you know, the reason you failed to see that Robin Thicke was doing something wrong was because of the skin he is in. Okay, let's be straight up on this. Y'all talk about how wrong the song is, but Robin Thicke got away with it because he has a complexion, the connection, and the coin. Shout out to the sister that said that the connection, the the uh, connection, the co the connection, the coins, and the complexion. Who's who brought that up? Those are three determining factors as to why Robin Thicke got away with it. Same thing with Miley Cyrus. Speech. That moral panic was driven by older, more conservative campaigners, but much of the current opposition to pop successes stems from young feminists. If the MTV generation was the first to be exposed to the power of music videos, then the YouTube generation is the first to understand those videos in the context of social media and online discourse. Cultural consumers have never been more attuned to the messages 
both explicit and implicit, embedded in popular art forms. Arguments about racism, misogyny, and cultural appropriation that used to thrive primarily in academia are now mainstream. Sometimes these concerns about problematic art go to comical extremes. The Tumblr your fave is problematic leaves you wondering if there is anything out there that isn't problematic, but at least young consumers are asking the right questions. In the spirit of playwright August Wilson's axiom, all art is political in the sense that it serves someone's politics. Even the most prominent model in the Blurred Lines video, Emily Radichkowski, has said, I'm glad that people are criticizing pop lyrics, because I think that's an important thing to do. It has tangible effects, too. When popular MC Rick Ross rapped, on Rocco's single UOENO, about spiking someone's drink in order to have sex with her, public outcry forced him to apologize. Many people who follow pop music closely, however, are surprised that Blurred Lines has become such a lightning rod. It really did boggle my mind when people started freaking out about it, says U.S. music critic Maura Johnston. This is just a cheesy pickup line song and everyone was like, no, it's about forcing a woman against her will. There are so many songs out there that are worse about demeaning women. Maybe it's an easy target because Robin Thicke is kind of slimy. Right now there's a lot of tension between women and men online, so this was a way of women taking a piece of pop culture and saying, no, we're against this. But it's weird to me because I didn't see it and I still don't. Blurred Lines is not about rape in the same way that Cop Killer is about the fantasy of killing cops, so it is a question of interpretation. If you don't think the song's narrator is willing to have sex without consent, then the song seems at worst sleazy and the reaction overblown. If, however, you think that the concept of blurred lines sends a dangerous message to listeners, then it's explosive. Thick himself has been a woeful defender of the song in interviews, recalling Spinal Tap's response to being called sexist. What's wrong with being sexy? That could be because, unlike Body Count or Eminem, he didn't intend to be outrageous. In R&B, such lyrics are par for the course. But it is revealing that T.I.'s verse, which features the inflammatory line, I'll give you something big enough to tear your ass in two, has been continue been replaced in televised performances with milder verses from rappers such as iggy azalea and the roots black thought the video is another matter it was conceived and directed by diane martell who told u.s website grantland it forces the men to feel playful and not at all like predators i directed the girls to look into the camera this is very intentional and they do it most of the time they are in the power position I don't think the video is sexist. The lyric Emily didn't feel that. Lyrics are ridiculous. The guys are silly as fuck. Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines video. I don't think it's sexist, says Diane Mar Martel's thoughts have received little attention, but then one flaw in the current debate is an unwillingness to credit female artists with ideas of their own. When Miley Cyrus appeared naked in the Wrecking Ball video, Critics assumed director Terry Richardson was calling the shots, yet in the case of Blurred Lines the blame for the video falls on thick. 
People have been discounting almost everything Martel says, even though she was in charge, says Johnston. This is just one of the ways in which the battle lines are themselves blurred. Feminists were divided in their response to Sinead O'Connor's open letters to Miley Cyrus. Was O'Connor making a valid feminist critique of misogyny in the music industry, or was she indulging in priggish slut-shaming? Even more, here's that word again, problematic is the intersection of gender and race. While the members of the PMRC were affronted by heavy metal as well as hip-hop, their original Filthy 15 blacklist featured only three black artists, the current focus is overwhelmingly on urban music. Hmm. Lily Allen's new video exclusively parodies black music and reduces black women's bodies to lurid props, however satirical her intent might be. One critic, who asked to be quoted anonymously, says, Before this continue, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. That is how black women were brought to America. Um, yes, I'm going to go deep on this. That's how we were brought here in America. We were props. We were property. They told us we were property. And ever since then, we still can't get out of the property thing. It's almost like, you know, growing up, and I will be straight up honest with you, when y'all talk about, you know, the school system and, and them um, feeling some kind of way about what you wear to school, as somebody who was just a rabbit at uh, underage, there is discrimination against curvy bodies. And Black girls are more known for having curvy bodies um, versus white girls. It's always a sexual thing, a fetish thing. Always have been a fetish thing. You know, y'all sit over here with these BBLs looking like black girls to be a fetish. And black girls are actually shaped like that. They can't help that they shape like that. They just what they mama gave them. That's just their body, but it's been sexualized. Black women were held against their will with sexually abused, but y'all don't want to go deep into that. Let's continue. Says, the lyrics talk about the absurdity of the industry and the media, but the main visual reference is black music. What about Katy Perry or Gaga or Miley? What about rock music? Lily Allen's using the sexualization of black women to challenge the sexualization of black women, so it doesn't really work, says Latchford. It's a good concept, but poorly executed. For us, it's not a problem with black music specifically, but the music industry as a whole. The complexity inherent in debating pop, where lyrics and videos are often elliptical, ambiguous, and even contradictory, isn't well served by the kind of direct condemnations that tend to generate attention. In the case of Blurred Lines, many listeners came to the song via the controversy and therefore had an opinion before they had a reaction. Once you have an opinion that can be summed up by a single word, rapey, which I think is a terrible word, it's something that people can run with in an intense and far-reaching way, even if they haven't listened to the song, says Johnston. You have this culture of commentary online where people are pressured to constantly come up with controversial angles to hmm. stick out. They don't have to do their homework to get the desired effect, which is traffic. Some of the rhetoric may be blunt, but nothing is blunter than a ban. And, you know, this is, I'm going to be honest with you, the 2010s was like the start of the Me Too and um, 
movement and all that stuff. And basically, this article is saying that, you know, it's okay that we're having these conversations, but are we having these conversations for the sake of destroying Black music, or are we having these conversations to seriously address the issue in the room? So, that's the point they're making. Ban. Hay defends EUSA's decision on multiple grounds. The executive made the decision that it wasn't a song we should be promoting and endorsing in our venues. It's also about protecting rape victims and making them feel safe so they don't have to listen to a song that reminds them of horrific experiences. And it starts a public discussion. Nothing changes overnight, but it's about slowly and surely changing the culture. But she says that Blurred Lines was banned because it was unusually well-known and widely discussed rather than because it was exceptionally mm -hmm. offensive, which makes for a shaky precedent. You're supposed to have as much freedom of expression in student unions as possible, says E. Barlow, deputy editor of NME. How is that precedent going to be set going forward, not just for music, but other forms of media and speech? I think they're getting into muddy waters. Okay, I will say this has gone on for a very long time. Uh, this article is long. If you want to go see it, go find it. Um, it's on The Guardian. It's about Blurred Lines, most controversial song of the decade. Um, now, let's get into what the, one of the models had to say about what happened during the music video of Blurred Lines. This next article comes from Us Magazine. Not weekly, I don't think. Let's see how far we can get through this one. And then if this one doesn't work, we can go to Daily Mail. Emily Radichkowski details why she wrote about Robin Thicke in her memoir, The Other Sides to My Experience, by Yana Grebenyuk. October 22nd, 2021. Emily Radichkowski and Robin Thicke. Evan Agostini slash Indushin slash AP slash Shutterstock, AFFUSA slash Shutterstock. Telling her side of the story. Emily Radichkowski opened up about why she chose to write about her uncomfortable experience on the set of Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines music video eight years after working with the musician. Best celebrity music video cameos ever. I had a hard time writing that essay for a bunch of different reasons, but ultimately I decided to include it in the book because my experience on the BL set and how I talked about it says so much about the evolution of my beliefs and politics," Radichkowski, 30, explained via her Instagram stories on Thursday, October 21st. The model detailed the multitude of emotions that came with appearing in the 2013 video. Most of my jobs at that point kinda sucked. I was either shooting e-commerce for online stores where I felt like nothing more than a mannequin or I'd be in lingerie while some middle-aged photographs told me to pout. BL was different, she continued. I was surrounded by women I liked and trusted. I had fun on set, being a sexy girl in a music video made me feel hot and cool and powerful. I told the world that the experience was empowering. In many ways it was. You'll have to read the essay to fully understand the other sides to my experience. And see, this is why people assume that, you know, nothing was going on in the music video. 
But I will say that I'm not going to lie. Some of the models did look like they were kind of uncomfortable, regardless of the music director saying that everything was fine and she's a woman. But, you know, a woman will be behind a, a, another woman being uh, sexually exploited and wouldn't care. Okay. Women just as chauvinistic as men. Um, so, But this is like, you know, I wanted to say this. You know, it did seem like she was totally okay with it. Emily Radichkowski on her Instagram story. Courtesy Emily Radichkowski slash Instagram. After the chapter about her time on set with Thick 44, went viral earlier this month, Radichkowski revealed how disappointed she was that readers won't get to experience her words the way she intended. Celebrities who penned books. What's frustrating is I didn't come out with it. It was leaked. The Gone Girl star shared during an interview with Extra shortly after the excerpt was shared around in October. It's been hard for me. I really like to have control over my image, and I wrote this book of essays to share the whole story and all sides of it, and I feel like it turns into a clickbait frenzy, and all of a sudden words like sexual assault and allegations are getting thrown around rather than people reading the actual essay. The leaked section from Radichkowski's first book, My Body, which was posted by the Sunday Times of London, recalled an incident when the singer allegedly groped her. Suddenly, out of nowhere, I felt the coolness and foreignness of a stranger's hands cupping my bare breasts from behind, the actress reportedly recounted in the memoir, which was posted on October 4th. I instinctively moved away, looking back at Robin Thicke. He smiled a goofy grin and stumbled backward, his eyes concealed behind his sunglasses. My head turned to the darkness beyond the set. At the time, Radichkowski wasn't looking to draw attention to what happened and instead found herself desperate to minimize the situation. Robin Fix blurred lines controversies through the years. So, I mean, isn't this the opposite of what Diana said? What Diane said? The music video director, she's like, oh, the women had color control. But if a woman has total control, wouldn't she be able to, like, dude, stop? And the video is about, you know, these guys hitting on girls. So wouldn't it be, like, great to have her slap the shot of them? I'm just saying. Years. I pushed my chin forward and shrugged, avoiding eye contact feeling the heat of humiliation pump through my body. I didn't react, not really, not like I should have, she reportedly wrote. The masked singer, for his part, has yet to publicly address the allegations. Following the song's initial release, Thick expressed regret in response to public backlash about the track's NSFW lyrics. I'd lost the intention, you know what I mean? I needed to regain my perspective and my positive intention of what my music was for and what my life was for, the Lost Without You artist said during an interview with the New York Post in February. Obviously, I was dealing with some bad habits. I was dealing with some personal issues on the inside that therapy and self-realization helped me get to and to get through. Oh, Lord. He continued, it doesn't matter what your intentions were when you wrote the song. If people were being negatively affected by it. And I think now, obviously, culture, society has moved into a completely different place. My body is available on November 9th. 
If you or anyone you know has been sexually abused, call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-HOPE-4673. A trained staff member will provide confidential, judgment-free support as well as local resources to assist in healing and recovering and more. When was this article written? Oh, this article was written last year, so the book's been out. Um, this song caused a lot of trouble. The video did, the beat did. This song was just trouble, trouble, trouble. I think I want to do part two to this. But tomorrow, I am going to keep it moving and do um, something else. But I'm going to do tar- part two of this. I just um, want to give you an idea of what happened and what the problem is with the video. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. This is part one. I will do part two. But tomorrow, I will be talking about... God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols, which is very on brand for me. You know, you know how I feel about the royal family, you know, the Wenzels. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. This is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is Steve's Wazard Thing, which you do in the dark will come to light tomorrow or tonight or whenever I get a chance. I'm going to talk about the remainder of the controversy surrounding Blurred Lines which is them being sued by Marvin Gaye's estate for using the obvious beat to gotta give it up, honey. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I am so outie.